Good morning. The scripture we'll be going through today is in 1 Samuel 16, 14 through 23. And the word of God reads as follows. Now the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, and a harmful spirit from the Lord tormented him. And Saul's servants said to him, Behold, now a harmful spirit from God is tormenting you. Let our Lord now command your servants who are before you to seek out a man who is skillful in playing the lyre. And when the harmful spirit from God is upon you, he will play it, and you will be well. So Saul said to his servants, Provide for me a man who can play well and bring him to me. One of the young men answered, Behold, I have seen a son of Jesse, the, Beth- the Bethlehemite, who is skillful in playing, a man of valor, a man of war, prudent in speech, and a man of good presence. And the Lord is with him. Therefore Saul sent messengers of Jesse and said, Send me David, your son, who is with the sheep. And Jesse took a donkey laden with bread and a skin of wine and a young goat and sent them by David, his son, to Saul. And David came to Saul and entered his service, and Saul loved him greatly, and he became his armor-bearer. And Saul sent to Jesse, saying, Let David remain in my service, for he has found favor in my sight. And whenever the harmful spirit from God was upon Saul, David took the lyre and played it with his hand. So Saul was refreshed and was well, and the harmful spirit departed from him. Amen. Amen. Well, this morning, it is our delight to begin a new series of messages on the life of David. It is the common practice here at East Point Church to preach consecutively through the scriptures. And by God's grace, we just completed a series in the Gospel of Mark. And now we will begin a series of messages uh, from First and Second Samuel, primarily on the life of David. It's amazing. You look at the life of David, and we find ourselves very familiar with David. And yet, as we go through the scriptures and we begin to learn and look afresh anew at the life of David, I want us to pay careful attention to the man, to the mission, to the motive behind this man who has a heart after God. David is an enigma of sorts because the Bible says that he is a man after God's own heart, and yet we look at his life and we see so many contradictions. We look at the life of David and we see how many highs he has, but then we see the depths to which he goes in sin and we wonder just how can this man be referred to as having a heart after God? Well, that's what we're going to examine this morning and our introductory message to this series, we're going to examine just how is it that David actually has 
a heart after God's own heart. We find ultimately, by God's grace, the ultimate resolution that David had a heart that was reminiscent of Christ. His heart was purely and truly after God. You know, from Adam to Eve to to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Joseph and Isaiah and Hezekiah, the, the Old Testament is filled, filled with prominent figures, filled with luminaries that shine bright, giant personalities that we read about, that that engross us in their lives and grab our attention and draw us into the story that is the redemption of God's people. But in the Old Testament, none shines so bright. No luminary stands as tall. As David. We know more about the life and the character of David than we know about anybody else in the scriptures except Jesus Christ himself. Abraham, the Bible devotes 14 chapters to the life of Abraham. To the life of Joseph, the Bible uh, uh, devotes another 14 chapters. Chapters to the life of Jacob, there is 11 chapters to the life of Elijah, there is 10 chapters. But to the life of David, the Bible devotes 66 chapters. And this does not include the 60 or so references to him in the New Testament. David towers over the Old Testament like the Willis Tower towers over the skyline of Chicago. Like the Bank of America building towers over the skyline of Atlanta. He is unmistakable. When he is in Israel, when he is reigning as king, Israel is the most mighty she has ever been. When he is reigning, Israel is more safe than she has ever been. She is more worshipful than she has ever been. One writer put it this way, David is not just Israel's greatest king. David is the man great in everything. He monopolizes all of her institutions. He is a standard by which all the other kings are judged. All kings that come after him are judged by, did he walk in the steps of his father, David? He is her great worship leader. He is her psalmist. He is the one who not only writes her songs, but he is the one who sings her Songs, who leads her in the worship of God. He is the one who reminded them that worship requires a cost, and therefore he was not willing to worship God with that which cost him nothing. That's David. 
David is also the one that reminded them that it is not actually rams and bulls and goats that God requires, but what God wants to be offered up is a broken spirit and a contrite heart. That's David. No one person embodied the people of God like David did. And no one person captured the hearts of the nation like David did. But what sets David apart? It wasn't his lineage. It's from a small town of Bethlehem. He was a, heap, a sheep herder's son. He was Jesse's son. Nobody knew much about him. It wasn't his lineage. It wasn't his mind. It wasn't his body. It wasn't his looks. The Bible says that what sets David apart was his heart. His heart. His heart. For David alone is twice referred to in the scriptures. In 1 Samuel chapter 13 and Acts chapter 13, twice David is referred to as a man after God's own heart. David had a heart for God, a heart that longed for God, a heart that desired God above all things. His heart beat as God's heart beat. That's the case. And if you want to know what is in the heart of God, we would do well to discover what was in the heart of David. This morning, we'll take a general look at who David was, at his very essence, at his very heart. I think our text gives us three examples of a heart after God because it gives us three characteristics of who David was. At his very heart, at his very essence, the very person that he was essentially all the days of his life. Through all the ups and through all the downs, through all the victories and through all of the defeats. Our passage here gives us these three characteristics that illustrate for us whatever else David was. He was these three things. And they exemplify. Who God is. David, at his heart, was a shepherd. David was a soldier. And David was a singer. That's it. Whatever else and all the sermons that we'll preach in this series, we will be coming back and back again and again to the fact that David was a shepherd at his heart, that he was a soldier at heart, and that he was a sweet, sweet, sweet singer 
praises of his people. David was a shepherd. See that in verse 19, where Saul says, Send me, David, your son, who is with the sheep. While David would reach great political and musical and personal heights, beloved, in his heart, he was always a shepherd. He became a king. He became a mighty warrior. He became an accomplished musician and yet was from a shepherd boy that he learned and grew into these great, mighty, and other things. He was a shepherd boy. It's interesting in the scriptures that God seems to have an affinity for shepherds. Some of the most prominent people in the scriptures are shepherds. Those most blessed of God seem to be shepherds. Abel was a shepherd. Abraham was a shepherd. Rachel was a shepherd. Jacob and Moses, when God determines that he would pronounce the good news of Christ coming upon the earth and bringing salvation to his people, the first ones to receive the news were shepherds watching the sheep out on the Palestinian hillside. Shepherds. But there was no shepherd like David. Isn't it interesting that when Saul calls for David, he says, give me, send me your son who was keeping the sheep. When Samuel first goes to uh, David, goes to Bethlehem to find David and anoint him king, as we will see later on, where is David? The Bible says that David is out keeping the sheep. Saul needs someone. To calm his troubled mind, he sends for David, and David is out with the sheep. And beloved, sheep are not the most pleasant of animals to keep. They're just not. They stray and they, they wander. They are defenseless. They don't have the most pleasant of odor. They don't have the intelligence of a dog, nor do they have the usefulness of a horse. And yet, David loved his sheep. And the reason that David loved his sheep and the reason that his heart was for his sheep is because his heart was after God. Because you do understand that our God is a shepherd. Our God. Is a shepherd. This is what David reminds us, does he not, in Psalm 23? For the Lord is my shepherd. He who would shepherd Israel says that the Lord is his shepherd. In Psalm 100 and verse 3, know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us, and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. For our God, at his very heart, is a shepherd of wandering, wayward, stinking sheep. And 
therefore, it should not surprise us that when Jesus comes, the Bible says over and over again that Jesus is shepherd. He is called the good shepherd in John chapter 10 and verse 14. He is called the great shepherd in Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 10. He is called our chief shepherd in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 4. And so we see that David is a man after God's own heart because David was a shepherd. But he was not only a shepherd, but he also knew who his shepherd is. Do you not know that it is our Lord's delight to shepherd his people? It's a delight. Let's not find that burdensome. The Bible says that he came into the world to gather his sheep. Jesus himself says in John chapter 10 that he came to lay down his life for his sheep. And does not the Bible tell us in Isaiah and again in Romans that we are like sheep, have all gone astray. Each one has turned to his own way. And the Lord has laid upon who? Our great shepherd, our good shepherd, our chief shepherd, the iniquities of us all. That's who we are. We are sheep. Wayward, strain, sinful, she. But the Lord is our shepherd. And this is why he tells his disciples, he tells Peter, Peter, you feed who? My sheep. Peter, you tend to who? My sheep. Though David was a shepherd, the reason that his heart beat after God is because he knew that God himself was a shepherd. And David knew himself to be sheep, ultimately in the flock and the fold of God. Though David was a shepherd, He didn't shy away from a fight because that shepherd was also a soldier. That shepherd was also a soldier, and he didn't shy away from a fight. Notice there in verse 18 what it it says. He is called a man of valor and a man of war. David was a fighter. He's a fighter all the days of his life. We shall see over and over again. We'll keep coming back to this truth that David was a fighter. And this he learned out in the shepherd field. For if there's one thing that the sheep need, it is protection. And David, and David, being the faithful shepherd, was a fighter and he fights for his sheep. He is called a man of valor, meaning that he is courageous, that he is brave in battle, that he doesn't back down because he is a man of war. He doesn't shy away from the fight. He didn't go around trying to pick a fight. But when it became necessary to fight, David 
fault. This is what we'll see in 1 Samuel 17. When he says, when the lion came against the sheep, I fought the lion. When the bear came against the sheep, I fought the bear. And therefore, as Goliath is coming against the sheep, I will have no problem in fighting Goliath. He cast out his heart. David was a warrior. There again, you see too the heart of God. David was a warrior because Our God is a warrior. Our God is a fighter. We don't like to think about it, but to understand God as he is revealed in the scriptures is to know that he is not just this meek and lowly God, but he is a fierce God ready to do battle on behalf of his people at any turn. And doesn't he do it? Does he not battle the Egyptians at the Red Sea? Does he not battle for Joshua at Jericho? Does he not deliver victory to Gideon against the Midianites? And is he not the power behind Samson as he conquers the Philistines? Is it not God who tells King Jehoshaphat, do not fear nor be dismayed. The battle is not yours. It's the Lord. Because our God is a warrior. Our God is mighty. As David says in Psalm 24, who is the king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. David's heart is after God because David's heart was that of a soldier. He's a warrior. And our God is a warrior. The way we know this for sure, it's because Jesus himself is a warrior. Jesus himself is a warrior. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 3 that Jesus came into the world to destroy, to destroy the works of the devil. Jesus did not come to play nice with Satan. Jesus did not come to set up a demilitarized zone. He did not come to shake hands and offer Satan a deal. He came to destroy the works of the devil. As we saw in going through the Gospel of Mark, he comes and he binds the strong man in his own house and he takes back what belongs to him. All the days of his earthly life, Jesus is doing battle with the enemies. And when he comes up against demons, beloved, he just doesn't kick them. He takes their names. Because he is a warrior. He has come to do battle. Jesus is our warrior. The one whom we trust to fight because, beloved, understand as you watch and look and learn of the life of David that the Christian life is a battle. 
The Christian life is a battle. It is not a game to be played, but the Christian life is a war to be won. And those who know their God rightly know this best. It is a battle. That's why the Bible reminds us in Ephesians that we are to put on the whole armor of God. This is why Paul tells Timothy, man of God, fight the good fight of faith. Oh, oh, that Lord, that our Lord would raise up in this day, even in our church, men and women who would be ready to do battle. To fight. Men who will fight for purity and truth. Women who will fight for biblical womanhood and the gospel churches that will fight for the doctrines of grace and the word of God. Fight. Knowing that the enemy is ever busy. Knowing that the battles rage every day in and outside of our hearts. We must be, if we're going to be people after the heart of God, we have to be men and women who are ready and willing at every turn to do battle. You say, but I don't know, I'm, I'm weak, tired, I don't know how to fight. Seems like the enemy is always conquering me. It seems like my life is that of ever retreating. Listen, I like what Martin Luther said. Did we in our own strength confide? Our striving would be losing. We're not the right man on our side, the man of God's own choosing. You ask who that might be. Beloved Christ Jesus, not David, Christ Jesus, it is he. Lord Sabiotha's name. Names the age, the same. I'll tell you this, most assuredly, he will win the battle. We don't fight in our own strength. The battle is not ours. It's the Lord's. David understood that best. This is why he is called a man after God's own heart. Because he was, he was indeed a soldier. Indeed, he was a shepherd. But also, beloved, He was a singer. He was a sweet, sweet singer. He was the psalmist. Notice what verse 18, they wanted somebody who could skillfully play. He was skilled in playing because David was a worshiper. And this too he learned on the lonely hillsides watching sheep just outside of Bethlehem. What did David do to pass the time, the lonely hours of watching sheep? Beloved, he worshiped. He played. He sang. 
fact, I am convinced that this was David's favorite pastime. So he was a sweet singer. It was Barry Manilow who said, I might be dating myself there, but it was Barry Manilow who said, I write the songs that make the whole world sing. I write the song of love's a special thing. Love was David. Scripture said that I write the songs that make all Israel sing. I write the songs of worship being a special thing. And for David, it was, beloved. It was David who wrote Psalm 3 and 3. For you, O Lord, are a shield about me, my glory and the lifter up of my head. That's David. That's David. That was David. David who wrote in Psalm 19, the heavens declare the glory of God and the sky proclaims his handiwork. That's David. It was David who wrote in Psalm 27, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? That's David. Someone has said that the best worshipers make the best warriors. Beloved, that's true. There was never a better warrior than David because there was never a better worshiper. Ah, he worshiped David, he worshiped God because in his heart was a desire to make much of God. At his heart, he was a singer. He was a singer. You know what that reminds us then? God is a singer. God sings. God sings. For it was God who put the song in David's heart. It is God who sings, beloved. Who turns your morning into dancing? It's God. Who gives you beauty for your ashes? It's God. Who puts the song in every tear? It's God. Who put the soprano on the sparrow? Who put the tenor in Niagara Falls? Who put the trumpet on the elephant? Who gave the toad the tuba? Beloved, it is God. This is right, a songwriter is right. And he says, this is my father's world. The birds, their carols raise. The morning light, the lily bright, declare my maker's praise. This is my father's world. He shines in all that's fair. In the rustling grass, I hear him pass. He speaks to me everywhere. Because he is a singer. Our God not only loves to hear his people sing, but open your ears and know that our God himself loves sings. He sings. We know this for surety. We know that our God is a singer. 
because David might have wrote the songs that Israel sung, but all of songs sung of Jesus. All of them, beloved. All of them. Everything David wrote sung the sweet melody of the blessed Savior, Jesus Christ. The Lord is my shepherd. Who is my shepherd? Jesus. Lift up your heads, all ye gates, and be lifted up, that the King of glory may come in. Who is the King of glory? Jesus. Psalm 32, the Bible says, Blessed is the one, David rehearses, whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Who covers my sin? Jesus. Oh, love it. The Bible says, David sang in Psalm 19 that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Oh, my rock and my redeemer. Who is my redeemer? Jesus. Who told the son where to stand in the morning? And who told the oceans, you can only come this far. And who told the moon where to hide till evening, whose words alone can catch a falling star? Who is my redeemer and I know that he lives? That, that beloved, is why when you see David, Don't just see David. Oh, you're going to see Jesus. When you hear David, you won't just hear David. You're going to hear Jesus. And when you sing the sweet psalms of David, know that we are going to be singing Jesus. Over, over, over. David points us to our Redeemer. We are reminded, beloved, that he is our shepherd, that he is our soldier. Ah, but it is Jesus who is the sweet singer. For Hebrews chapter 2 reminds us that Christ comes in the midst of the congregation and he looks up upon the screen, and he sings his own praises with his people. When we sing, my Redeemer lives, Jesus says, yes, I do. Yes, I do. And I am with you to carry you to do battle for you, to protect you because I am your soldier. But I am here for you because I am your shepherd. And all the way, all the way, all the way, 
he leads us all the way. Beloved, I don't know about you, but I am going to enjoy my time in the life of David. It is my prayer that some of that, just a bit of that joy would rub off on you.